You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. Today's podcast episode is so, so incredibly important and one that I have been so excited for you to hear. Today, I am chatting with Dr. Daniel Pompa, who is a global health leader and an expert in all things detoxification and cellular health. He is trained as a chiropractor, but had his own really serious battle with neurotoxicity stemming from heavy metals poisoning and has dedicated his life to helping other people heal on the cellular level and training other practitioners to do the same. And I first discovered Dr. Pompa a couple of years ago at Paleo FX, and I remember watching his talk, and I had never heard of him before, and I listened to his talk all about diet variation and healing at the cellular level, and he was probably the person I was most impressed with, and I thought, okay, I need to learn more from him, look into more of his work, and I went home and I dove into all of his content, and he is just someone in the space who is he's really a leader in this space and getting at what is truly the root cause of so many illnesses. And for someone like me, and I know many people listening to this can relate, or they might know somebody who can relate, or you're a practitioner who is helping people with chronic illness, we might get diagnosed with candida or SIBO or hormonal imbalances or unexplained weight gain or weight loss, fatigue, all of these things that are actually really rooted in cells that need help. This is rooted in toxicities. This is rooted in inflammation at the cellular level. And this is why, you know, the root cause for so many of these health issues is actually heavy metals toxicity or mold illness, some type of mitochondrial dysfunction, but it can take years for people to figure out that this is the root cause. It can be very expensive to test for, and often most of the tests are pretty inaccurate, which is another reason why even if you're looking for it, It can be hard to find out for sure. But if you're not looking for it, if somebody has never even heard of it, because many people haven't and that's not their fault, then it takes even longer to get to the root cause. And this is why, you know, so many people will be working on the symptoms. And for some people, SIBO is the symptom. Candida is a symptom. HPA axis dysfunction is a symptom. And it's going further upstream and looking at what's happening on the cellular level. And we live in a world today where it is almost impossible. It really is impossible to avoid all toxins. And for many of us, our toxic load is just too too much for our bodies to handle. And so we really need to get to the root cause, which is healing the cell itself and doing true root cause work. And 
to be totally honest, I would recommend <laughs> this to everybody because symptoms can take a long time to manifest and just living in this world where we have so many personal care products that have toxins in them and the bedding you're sleeping on, the mattress you're sleeping on, the paint in the walls, the receipts you get at the store, the exhaust from cars, the pesticides on your food, the antibiotics and toxins in your food. We are all exposed at some level, which is why it's so important to detoxify at the root cause level, at the cellular level, and do it correctly. And I have been on a lot of detoxification protocols before. And unfortunately, it took me a long time to figure out that so many of them were actually incomplete. And that's why I wasn't getting full results. And you guys, these were detox protocols that I worked with the best of the best FMDs in the country for, and still I wasn't getting results. And Dr. Pompa, what he has developed is groundbreaking, life-changing, and he is going to share more about his program, True Cellular Detox, in this episode, how to do a real detoxification program and what to look for, what to watch out for, what the common mistakes are, where you can find toxins that you might not realize. We dive deep in this episode, so you'll definitely want to pay attention and share this with somebody who might be affected if they have chronic illness. This is something that people definitely, I mean, if you have a chronic illness, I would for sure make sure you do a proper detoxification protocol. And if you have recurring symptoms, this is really important. If you feel like you are just putting on weight, you can't control your weight no matter what, it's probably an issue at the cellular level. And so as I dove into the research and learned more about this, I realized why TCD is truly so groundbreaking. And I started this protocol. So this is the detoxification protocol that I am doing right now. And it is so incredibly amazing. And if you look up other testimonials from TCD, you will just find countless, countless testimonials of people whose lives have been changed for the better through this protocol when nothing else has worked before. So I just strongly recommend checking it out. And I also want to let you know that I am hosting a webinar with Warren Phillips, who is the co-creator of True Cellular Detox, where we dive deep into the science behind this and who this can benefit I highly recommend watching it. It's a free webinar and we have a really awesome offer for you there. So I highly recommend checking that out. You can find the link to that in my Instagram bio, Christina Rice Wellness. It's linked there. You can also head to bit.ly slash detox web class to register for your free spot. That's bit.ly slash D-E-T-O-X-W-E-B-C-L-A-S-S. So again, that's bit.ly slash detox web class to sign up for your free spot. And you will really want to check out that webinar as well. That will be available until May 15th, 2020. But before you dive into that, I'm going to prime you with this amazing episode with Dr. Pompa. You guys, this program has changed my life. Dr. Pompa and Warren have created something that is so, so amazing. And when you are thinking about detoxification, cellular detoxification, cellular health, and true root cause work. This is it. This is groundbreaking, and this is something you need to know about. You can find more from Dr. Pompa at drpompa.com. That's D-R-P-O-M-P-A.com. And on the weekly Cellular Healing TV podcast. You can find that at www.cellularhealing.tv. 
I cannot wait for you guys to dive into this and to learn more about TCD and true cellular detoxification because it will totally change your life. So enjoy this episode with Dr. Pompa. If you have not yet tried bee products, you are seriously missing out. These have changed my life. I have been a huge fan of Beekeepers Naturals for years now. The first product I ever tried from them was their Bee Propolis Throat Spray, which I heard so many big names in the health and wellness space talking about, and I thought I should just try it out. So finally, I got my hands on the Beekeepers Naturals Bee Propolis, and now I truly cannot live without it. This is amazing for natural immune support. Propolis is nature's antibiotic. It's like your bodyguard in a bottle. Propolis is the immune system of the hive and has incredible germ-fighting properties. So it's great for immune support, preventing any sickness from popping up, soothing sore throats and coughs, and protecting against any damage from stress, any free radical damage from that, whether that's from stressful people in your life, having a really intense, busy job, not getting enough sleep, being super active and working out a lot. We have so many life stressors that really dampen our immune system. And so propolis is such a powerful way to naturally boost your immune system just to mitigate the effects of all of those other stressors that can dampen your immune system. So I will up my dose if I feel like I might get sick or if I am sick, which doesn't happen very often, but I usually take five to 10 sprays of the propolis once or twice a day just to keep my immune system boosted at all times. I've also been taking the Bee Powered Hive Superfood Complex for about a year now, and I love Bee Powered because it combines all of the superfoods of the hive. So it includes propolis, which is great for the immune system. It has royal jelly, which is incredible for nourishing your brain and making your skin glow bee pollen for the extra energy and a little bit of protein, and their signature raw enzymatic honey. This is something you want to take in more of a medicinal dose. And I noticed that I have so much more energy and brain clarity when I take this every single day. Just take a teaspoon each morning. And as someone who needs my brain to be functioning at high level at all times, I love the Bee Elixir brain fuel for when I want a brain boost without any caffeine. This is amazing for enhancing your memory, your performance, and your cognition. So if you really want to focus and get a lot of stuff done, then check out the Beelixir Brain Fuel, which is best taken with a meal because it is fat soluble. But this stuff is incredible if you want a nootropic that doesn't have caffeine. Those are some of Beekeepers Natural's standout products. Of course, I love their raw enzymatic honey, highest quality out there. Their Bee Chill Hemp Honey for a little extra relaxation before I go to sleep because it has a high potency hemp oil mixed in and to just help keep my blood sugar balanced throughout the night. So they have so many incredible products that I use every single day. So if you want to restock on your Beekeepers Naturals or try it out for the first time, Go ahead and hop on over to beekeepersnaturals.com and you can use my code CRW for 15% off. Again, that's beekeepersnaturals.com, B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com and use my code CRW for 15% off. The products taste delicious. They help you feel amazing and you are supporting the bee population along the way. So it's a win-win all around. So when you get your products, make sure you let me know what you think. And I can't wait to see what you try out first. Let's just start off by maybe you can tell my audience a little bit about like how you got started and what you're doing now. Yeah, I mean, uh, my story came to purpose. You know, I, I didn't choose it. That, um, I got very sick uh, around, you know, you know, it was around 1999. 
um, 2000 ish. And yeah, it just came out of nowhere really, but I never associated it back to what ended up being the cause. So because it started with general fatigue and I was doing a lot of training at that time. So I thought I was overtraining and uh, you know, then it went to like debilitating anxiety, insomnia, panic attacks, uh, food intolerances, everything I ate. I mean, my digestion crashed, uh, everything. You know, I couldn't even adapt it to normal stress, crying kids, none of it. Um, and so I went on the road that most people do, you know, what's causing this, what's doing, you know, searching, searching. And when I could, I mean, when I was up at 3 a.m., you know, when I could search, sometimes I was just too anxious to even do anything. But when I could, I did. And one day I found Mad Hatter's disease and I thought, gosh, I have all these symptoms. And if you remember what that is, it was people making felt hats were using mercury as part of the process. So I thought, ah, this is it. And I got a blood test and I did it and wasn't it. I was very disappointed. And it was like a year or so later, I had my thyroid, my adrenals were absolutely a problem. And like most people, I was trying to deal with those, right? And nothing was really working long-term. I mean, some of the symptoms would get better, but um, still had all the same typical thyroid symptoms that most people have. I still had all the adrenal symptoms that most people have. But uh, the endocrinologist said, you know, I think you have mercury toxicity. He was a very bright endocrinologist. And I became friends with him. And he said, yeah, you know, this is, I think, what's lining up with you. I said, ah, oh, I did a blood test. And it came out negative. He said, that's the wrong test because that would only show if you were acutely poisoned, like the Mad Hatters. Mm -hmm. uh, they were using mercury every day, right? But um, he said, I, I think it'd be more chronic. So try a challenge test where you take a chelator and challenge it out of your tissue. So I did that. And I, I had, you know, abnormal levels of a, a lot of different metals. And um, I asked the obvious question, where do you think I got that from? He said, did you have any dental work done? around when this all happened. As it turned out, I did. So I just never put it all together. I had two silver fillings removed and that's, they contain 50% mercury. And um, most of which ends up in the pituitary hypothalamus, which controls your thyroid, your adrenals and all your hormones. So that answered that question of, you know, why I wasn't able to balance out the hormones. But anyway, so that put me on basically everything I teach today mm -hmm. came out of that search to gain my own life back and get that stuff out of my brain. So how long did it take you to heal from that and really feel like you were fully better? Look, uh, you know, as I start my detox now, really, it, there's a preparatory phase you have to do. And, um, there's a body phase where we just clear the body. There's three or four months. But then the brain phase is what saved my life. And that's, I always say that's years, not months. It took me years to get it out of my brain. But, you know, after a year of doing that brain phase, getting the marker out of my brain, uh, you know, my hormones came back up on board. My sleep got better, you know. So, but, you know, I did it consistently for two years. And, and then little, these detox cycles that I teach now, right? Um, a little more inconsistently after two years, purposely. And, you know, after, I always say that if you'd asked me after two years of doing it, I'd have told you I was completely restored. Uh, in hindsight, that I, th three years later, that I'd have been like, oh, no. I wasn't. Four years later, oh my gosh, I still got better. Five years, I always say he was about a seven-year period where I finally stopped saying, oh my gosh, I got healthier yet. Um, I, I, I literally am healthier now in my mid-50s than I was in my 20s and 30s, honestly. And I considered myself a perfectly healthy person. 
like, you know, most people, if you'd asked me a week before I got sick, are you healthy? I'd have been like, oh my gosh, healthiest guy. I never get sick, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's like, but looking back, you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm so much better today, honestly. That's remarkable. And well, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, you don't know how crappy you feel until you feel better. <laughs> it's, the, it's the truth. You know, looking back, it's like, you know, I had certain sensitivities, you know, it was like, you know, I'd have these weird gut things that would come and go. You know, it's, yeah. anyway, you, you look back and you realize, you know, the lights were being turned down and I didn't know it until they turned back up, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think a lot of people, I mean, I can relate to your story, like having all these different issues, hormonal problems, adrenal problems, gut issues. And like, I went to so many different doctors and it took me so long to figure out that it was rooted in heavy metals, toxicity, mold illness, yeah. Lyme, like all of these things. And it took me so long. And I tend to attract a lot of people to my audience who have a similar situation. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, right. So people who feel like I have all these things going on, I've been seeing all these doctors, no one can figure it out. Or, you know, I've done 20 SIBO protocols. Like oh, what, what's, no. yeah, right. Like what we can get into that. But like, let's say that like, I just want to know how I can figure out if I have this as the root cause, because ultimately, right. We have to get to the actual root cause. What are the best tests for people to get? That's a great question, actually. I, it's, I don't know that anyone asked me that point blank. I always get to that because I feel like getting to the root cause is so key. And, and I, I think when you look at the area of functional medicine, alternative medicine, even the best doctors in this, really, they don't get to the cause. I get people that come from, we'll quote, like at least the practitioners and everybody here watching this would know, and yet they still have silver fillings in their mouth and they're doing detox? Like what? You know, it's like, and, or... They didn't even ask them if, you know, oh, you had wisdom teeth out. You know, did you ever get a cone beam? Because to answer your question, a cone beam is vital to see if you have hidden infections in your jaw, whether it's an old root canal, anywhere you've had teeth extracted, it heals over, you have no pain, but you can have a hidden infection that just crushes your immune system over time. And I've watched people with unexplainable illnesses, chronic fatigue, hormone challenges, autoimmune, cancer, all related to these hidden infections. For goodness sakes, get a cone beam. It's a 3D x-ray, 200 bucks. You know, and now caution, don't just bring it to your dentist. You need a dentist prescription to get it. But if you take it to your average dentist, most of them don't even have the software to read it. So they put it up and they look at it like a plain x-ray. Well, what doesn't work. You have to have the software to go around the hole and look at the angles define these areas of infection, cavitation, they show up as little lucencies. But most dentists aren't even trained in using that software and how to find them. So you have to send them to um, someone who actually knows. And I, you, know, I, you know, I've done podcasts where I interviewed Dr. Jerry Curatola has been on Dr. Oz a lot. I and mean, he, he does Skype, but he'll take people from all over the world. Um, I have another guy in Park City now who's reading them for people. So no matter where you live, they'll look at them for Skype. And I can give you both of those resources, by the way. Um, for people. So if you get a code beam, you can get code beams done in any city, right? It, not a problem, but finding someone to read, it's the challenge. So we'll, we'll provide uh, a couple places where you can get that done. And then going to the right dentist that actually knows surgically how to remove these things. And then a post protocol, infection protocol, because these infections, you know, they get in the gut. So you have so many people trying to fix the gut, right? I mean, that it, they know if I fix the gut, it's the immune system. It's, but you'll never fix the gut if you have one of these infections. Mm -hmm. right, so that's a whole show. And the next hidden and causative factor to answer your question is mold illness. It's like how many people are in mold exposures at work, at school, at home? You don't know it. You don't see mold. It's behind walls. 
great test you can take. VCS test. Go to VC, like Victor Cat Sam, VCSTest.com. $10 donation. And it's looking at contrast ability. If you fail that test, and it'll give you a printout, it'll tell you if you fail it or not, then, okay, you might, in fact, have biotoxic illness related to mold. It's a starting point, right? There's some other tests you can do, but that's one everyone listening, watching can do right now. Both of those things. And then the other big one was my problem, heavy metals, right? I said I did the wrong test, but you have to do a challenge. Would I find big pitfall here? So they'll give someone, here's the chelator, they'll do an IV chelator, and then they challenge it out. You go home. Problem is that chelator goes away, and now you end up with redistribution. So when you do a proper challenge test, you have to give an agent orally. You can do an IV if you want, but you have to stay on an oral agent for at least three days after the test. So you mop up, you clean up so you don't redistribute. But, you know, so you have to, you have to understand that you don't just test blood. That was the mistake I made. Just doing a urine challenge without a chelator, you're not going to see anything. Your body's not getting rid of it. Hair test, same thing. So doing the right challenge test. So heavy metals, mold, hidden infections. Those are the top three sources that I see people miss. Mm-hmm. They just can't get it right. I can't lose weight no matter what I do. I'm still not sleeping well. I have anxiety. I don't you know, look in one of those areas. So start there. I mean, look, I train doctors around the world because we need more doctors who are trained to look for those things. And then also, once you find them, look, I pulled mercury out of my brain for how many years, right? It's like, you have to be, I teach my doctors this. Your job is to train the person to do this protocol so they can do it long enough to matter. You know, if they're just coming to your clinic for detox, forget it. That's going to last a few months so they're going to go away. You know, it's like you have to train them to do this long enough to make a difference. So when I take someone personally, I still coach people. I still love it, honestly. Or I teach a doctor to do it. That's the message. You have to learn this process. And it is a process. It's, if it was only as easy as doing a liver cleanse, a colon cleanse, and taking Corella, not so easy. You know, real detox is a cellular issue. And you know I teach that. Yeah. I mean, it's a lifestyle change. It really yeah. is. And yeah. it, it shocks me how many doctors don't look into this. As, as root cause. And I mean, from my personal experience, like, I mean, my podcast has given me access to some of the top people in health and wellness. Right. And I've worked with many of them and it's always just gut protocol, gut protocol. And I'm like, there's something deeper, right? Like this is ridiculous. And then I will have clients who have seen all the top experts and they come to me and I'm like, have you ever been tested for mold? Like, no. I'm like, amazing. Yeah. It's (laughs) amazing. Yeah. I'm like, well, go get, go to get tested for mold. And I know you mentioned BCS, but like, let's say someone is positive for that. Like, is what's like, what's a better, like bigger test? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. I was on a, one of my doctor trainings um, calls on Tuesdays is when I train docs, but, and one of them asked, it was one of my newer ones about the urine uh, test, the new, uh, newer urine test where you collect the urine, then they look at mycotoxins, biotoxins in the urine. You know, we had, I had great hope there because it's so much easier. And, uh, you know, I thought, gosh, this, you know, makes a lot of sense. Well, after about a year playing with that, I don't use it anymore. And my docs and I would all agree. It seems to work better for food, mycotoxins, molds than it does air. Well, how would we come to the conclusion? You know, we, we had a lot of, we, you know, when you train hundreds of doctors, it, it's easier to experiment with things, right? So we have these clients or patients that are in mold exposures, literally, that where they're 
remediating black mold um, stachybotrys from their walls. So we know it's there. And then we would urine challenge and we don't even see it, right? It's mm-hmm. like they look normal, right? And then you could take a person who's in you know, a perfectly healthy situation and you see stachybotrys. So there's just no correlation with sick and healthy. So we just stopped doing the test. So it's not a good one. You know, one of the best tests is still a C4A test. I give credit to Richie Shoemaker for that. Um, and, but the problem is LabCorp, which was doing this proper C4A test, it was accessible for everyone to do. Now they've changed it. They switched to there. So the way they do it isn't accurate anymore. National Jewish Laboratories is the, the C4 little a, not big A, C4 little a test that you can do that is another indicator um, of biotoxic illness or mold illness. So, that, you know, that's another good one. You know, I mean, I, I wish mold, I think, is one of the hardest things. And um, I, I hate it. I, I just, it's so evil because, you know, and the fact that it's talked about in Leviticus 14 in the Bible, right, is this evil thing. It's, it makes it even more evil in my mind, but you don't see it right? It's like, you think about it. it, it lives in dark places. It grows in dark places, right? It's like, you know, that, that's another just aspect of evil to me. But anyway, it's so elusive. And, you know, you have to, you can look at a person with mold illness and typically spot it. Um, you know, there's certain symptoms that go along with it. And there's a crossover of neurotoxic illness. And, and we can talk a little bit about that because what got you sick in me was not one thing. I mean, I talked about mercury, but really it's a perfect storm um, of stressors that come together. So when you're looking for cause, I, I train my docs, look for typically three areas of stress that you have to remove, whether it's mold, hidden infections, metals, you know, it, it could be um, another type of infection, right, that they have. It could be uh, an emotional stressor, trapped emotions. Right. You know, those not that I'm the expert there, but it, it's a factor. Right. It's stored in, in cells, just like uh, toxins. It could be physical traumas, people with head traumas, whiplashes. I mean, so physical, emotional or chemical stresses, the body doesn't know the difference. And it, it literally it all has to be dealt with. But a you know, perfect storm, if you remember the movie, three weather fronts come together and boom, catastrophic storm occurs. That's what happens. Typically, most people watching this with the unexplainable illness, it's three stressors of some sort. It could be mold, like I said, two chemical, one emotional, physical, chemical, any combination. Typically, it takes these three things that happen. And then if you look at um, pregnancy as a great example of that, you know, you have three stressors. There's an emotional component, typically, Um, not always, but oftentimes there is. There's a physical for sure. The demands on the body are much greater. And then there's a chemical because during, you know, during pregnancy, lead comes out of the bones, metal comes out of tissue. It's normal. You lose bone. So, but the point is, is that you have three stressors and then autoimmune oftentimes starts, you know, after pregnancy. But anyway, so looking in those areas is critical, but it's hidden most of the time. Yeah. And I think especially with mold, people say, I don't have mold. My place is clean. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. It can look super clean. You don't know what's being hidden. I don't think people realize how, how common it is. Yeah. You know, there's, I was looking for a little brochure here to show your viewers. Um, this is a, a good one. It's called, um, there's a new mold test that I actually like. Someone took it off my desk. See, this is what happens. I saw my, one of my kids with it. He was showing someone with it. Join it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put a link for your people. We're going to okay. post. But it's a really good test for the house because, they look at an Ermi. Um, no, Ermi. We 
Army gives you a history, mm-hmm. you know, it's looking at dust, right? So it's, it's even when I did armies, um, and you could still do an army, you could add army even to this, but it, it gives you a history. You put it still with an air test because the air test shows what's going on currently, but army kind of shows the history, you know, the dust, et cetera. So putting the two together was, is uh, still, you know, you can do that. But this test actually looks at, um, it's called Enviro Air. But anyways, we'll, we'll give you the, the link. Um, it looks at the VOC chemical that mold puts out, like that smell that you smell, right? Mm-hmm. We call that a, the volatile organic compound portion of the mold. It measures the mycotoxin portion and then the spore from the air. So it takes an air test kind of threefold instead of just looking at the spore in the air. Um, and then you can add an army to that even, right? Um, I've done them all. Uh, but yeah, so test your house, you know, test to start with a VCS. You can also, like I said, you know, take that test to a C4A test, but it is hard to detect. Today's show is brought to you by Wild Foods, one of my favorite food companies that puts quality, sustainability, and health first in all of their products. They have everything from coffee to matcha to tea to fish oil to activated charcoal, and every single product is of the highest quality sourced from small farms across the globe. They believe that real food is medicine, just like me, and their products just go to show that when you stick with real food, you get better taste, better quality, better results. Switching to a whole foods-based diet completely changed my life, transformed my health, and is what allows me to function at such a high productivity level and keep my brain going and my body going all day long. And that is why I have been using Wild Foods products for years now. I honestly use so many of their products, it's ridiculous, but I want to give a shout out to a few here. First of all, their Wild Vanilla Powder. Vanilla powder, I could go on a rant about this, but I prefer not to use vanilla extract because it has other additives in it and I always prefer the powder. High quality can be hard to find, but the Wild Foods vanilla powder is what I like to put in my lattes, my matcha. I bake with this. I put it in yogurt. Anything I want to sweeten with some vanilla, I use high quality vanilla powder from Wild Foods. I also absolutely love their Wild Coal. This is their activated charcoal, and I have tried a lot of different activated charcoal capsules throughout the years, and not all of them are the same quality, let me tell you. This is the charcoal I always have on hand. I use in an emergency if I eat something that might give me some issues. And I also use this as a binder if you are detoxing for any reason. This is a great activated charcoal to use. And I want to give a shout out to their teas. They have amazing teas. And my two favorite are the coconut chai rooibos tea and their very berry blend, the Kerr Bear. You guys know I am a tea addict and I literally drink all of their teas, but I think those are my two favorites. So I'm going to leave it at that so you don't get overwhelmed. But they're so delicious, no added sugar. And I know a lot of you guys are tea obsessed like me, so you definitely need to try these out. So I have a special discount code for you. If you want to try out Wild Foods products, then just head on over to wildfoods.co. That's .co, not .com. And enter the code CRW for 12% off your order. That lets Wild Foods know you're listening to this podcast, which I so appreciate, and you're getting a sweet discount on some of my favorite products. Again, that's wildfoods.co, W-I-L-D-F-O-O-D-S dot C-O, and use the code CRW for 12% off. And when you get your products in the mail, make sure you tag me in a picture on social media and let me know what you think. What do you think of bioresonance scanning? You know, uh, you know, I, I, 
I'm skeptical. You know, I am. I, you know, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm like you in a sense that I, I have trouble not just telling, you know, speaking my mind on certain things. Um, I think it's as good as the person and the practitioner put it. So I don't want to throw the baby completely off the bathwater. But, my, you know, I had one of those when I was in clinic. And my problem with it is, is we would test people. And then literally 10 minutes later, retest them and you get a different result. I hate things like that, right? It's like get tested again the next day, see what comes up. When there's not, you know, some reliability there, I, you know, I just don't like it, you know? So I shy away from it. But again, I, if, if you believe that, that there's value there, then perhaps there can be value. That's the powerful part of the mind, the placebo, all of it, right? And so again, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, right? So I don't want to say it doesn't have value. I'm not saying that. I just think from more of a scientific standpoint, I think that it's not as an objective finding. Yeah. I think like I've gotten so many different tests and I just try and like look at them as a whole <laughs> and see, see what shows up for me there. Um, but I want to go back to the, the metals for a second. Like, let's say someone doesn't have anything, like they never had fillings, nothing in their mouth. Like what else could be a source? Yeah. Great. Um, well, I wore contact lenses. Uh, it was loaded with the saline solution was loaded with mercury thimerosal in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And that's a, that contains an ethyl mercury goes right into the brain. So all of us were poisoned. Um, in early nineties, it got taken out. Uh, so it's good now. You, you probably get loaded with emails about that. It's good now. Um, but the point was, is those of us who were squirting saline in our contacts, putting in our eyes, yeah, we were getting poisoned right in our brain. Um, vaccines, obviously, uh, many of them uh, still have ethyl mercury. And the ones that don't have aluminum as an adjunct, which means it activates the immune system. That's kind of how it works. You need an adjunct. You need something to activate the immune system to make antibodies against the retroviruses that you're putting in the person. But um, mercury is still in flu shots, right? And it's an ethyl mercury years ago. They did a study and they said, well, the ethyl mercury is the safe mercury. <laughs> if there's such a thing, I mean, that's a silly <laughs> statement, but they actually made that statement um, because we, in this monkey study, it was out of the body so quickly that it is, you know, it, it's the safer mercury. And that's why vaccines are safe, at least vaccines with mercury. And someone very bright went back. They saved the brains of those monkeys and he decided to test them to see, well, where did that mercury go? We made an assumption it left the body. Well, it was in the brains of the monkeys. And that's where ethyl mercury does in fact go. So that's another source. Methylate, your father ever used methylate on you? I mean, I say my father, my father was in World War II, so he treated all my wounds, but methylate was his favorite. It was this like red iodine-ish, you know, had mercury in it, you know, he rubbed <laughs> that all over me for goodness sake. So another source, right? So of course, fish is a source of methyl mercury, which is an organic mercury as well, which is absorbable. Um, you know, but it's when it turns, it crosses the blood-brain barrier and turns to inorganic mercury is then where it's trapped for life, unless you do the right protocol. You know, I told you, it took me years to pull that inorganic mercury out. And mm -hmm. that's really how I got my life back. Remember, again, it's that so much because in the center brain that controls your hormones, but it can go to other places. And that's when you see connections to Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, and you know, yes, it drives inflammation of the brain. Then we can start linking it to many different diseases. But the point is, is it makes its way into the deep tissue, turns to inorganic mercury, and it's stuck now. Because some people say, ah, oh, methylmercury has a short half-life in the body. Yes, it does. But once it turns to inorganic mercury, 
the half-life is very long. What about uh, personal care products? It's there. And you have lead. And, you know, red lipsticks um, have, you know, look out for uh, red products having lead in them. Um, and uh, other, yeah, there's other toxins in personal mm-hmm. care products, right? Endocrine disruptors. You absorb them through the skin into the bloodstream. Uh, obviously, there could be obesogens, things that drive weight loss resistance, chemicals that do that in those. Um, but I, I would say it's more lead and other chemicals that are predominant in the, in the personal care. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So I want to look at this. Like, I feel like let's just assume someone has both because most people do when they have one, like mold and um, heavy metals mm-hmm. toxicity. So they're like, okay, I have these. Let's like give an overview of what a proper protocol would look like okay. starting from the beginning. Yeah. So I call it prep phase, right? Where we have to, <clears throat> there's my five R's is a roadmap of how you fix a cell, um, but how you also prepare a cell for detox. Our number one is removing the source. I'll, I'll just say them because people don't care about science. Our number two is uh, regenerating the cell membrane, which is dictates what comes in and out of the cell. It's critical for detox. R3 is restoring the cell energy, which without energy, your cell doesn't detox. It doesn't do anything. You have to restore that. Four is reducing the inflammation of the cell, critical for detoxification and just normal health. And then the last one is reestablishing methylation, which again, linked to detox. So we, uh, you know, I've developed and use a lot of different products for to support that cell. Um, you know, in particular, the membrane, the cell energy and the methylation pathways are, are really, really important around that. So we, we start that preparation at least for a month first. And then, the, you know, downstream pathways, you have to support the liver, the kidney and the gut, the three primaries there, you know, and sometimes the limp, especially if it's infection loaded. Right. So we support the cell and the downstream detox. I call that a prep phase. Once we get in to detoxification, right. Then we are utilizing, okay, let me make it very clear. We're still, we're pushing the cell to detox even harder. I developed a product called G-Cell that raises glutathione in the cell, pushes the cell pathway. So it starts to loose the toxins, if you will. Problem is, if you do that, you can basically force toxins out and then they redistribute, many of which can go more into the brain and other tissues. You don't want them. So you need a vehicle a chelator that grabs those suckers and moves them all the way out of the body. We use a product called Cytodetox. I still utilize DMSA and some of these other chelators that people are more familiar with, but you need a real chelator. It's not Corel, I promise you. It's not cilantro. Those are weak chelators. You need something real to be that vehicle that once you upregulate the cell function, grab those toxins, move them out of the body so you don't redistribute. Lastly, there's a third component. You need some, a binder that sits in the gut and acts like a catcher's mitt because eventually the toxins make their way to the liver. So many of them bind up with bile that you use to digest fat. That dumps in the gut. And then the problem is you, your body reabsorbs the bile back to the liver. So it does this round and round and round and round. And you just stay sick, especially with mold. Those biotoxins bind into that. It just goes around and around, releases some around. So we need a binder in the gut. and pulls it all the way out of the gut so you don't auto-intoxicate from the gut. So we need 
bind her around the cells so you don't auto-intoxicate. You need to bind her in the guts so you don't auto-intoxicate. You have to bring it to the cell. You don't upregulate what the cell is meant to do day in, day out. It's not real detox. Fix the cell to get well. That's my message. <laughs> Love it. Love the enthusiasm. Okay. Well, and I think, I know I talk to so many people and they're like, yeah, I'm on a mold protocol. I'm taking activated charcoal. Right. <laughs> okay. You know, we can pick this apart in many different ways because that's, that there lies so many pitfalls, right? The, the average activated charcoal is not the binding capacity to bind a biotoxin out of the bio complex. There's only one that research shows. It's a special one that comes from Holland and it's, this, it's, it's nasty to work with. Companies don't want to use it because it sticks on the walls. That's how bioactive it is. But that's a product um, in Bind. And it's a product that generations that um, I created. But there's three other binders with that activated carbon. Because you, you, when you pull toxins, you, you start to move out a lot of different toxins. Inorganics, organics, there's so many different types. You have to have multiple binders to do that. And you can't just use the carbon of the charcoal. Most of it's contaminated anyway. You know, it's like, so it carries lead and other things. So you have to have clean binders. You have to have ones that specifically work for mold illness. Okay. Where, where does, so where does the sweating come in here? The sauna, the, the sweat, the hot yoga? Yeah. No, it's great. I, you know, but again, I, I tried all of those things when I was sick. None of them got me well. But I utilize those things around that process that I just described, right? I, I you know, I, I call it like the, the three C's of detox, right? So it's the cell upregulate, the cat or the clear, you want to clear from the cell and the catch in the gut. So three C's. So you know that that process, once it's going, then you can use saunas, right? Near infrared, far infrared, all of it, coffee enemas. I call that detox support. But unless you're doing cellular detox, those things by themselves, no go. Okay. And so what exactly is doing the cellular detox? Like the glutathione? Like what, well, what's exactly. happening? Well, exactly. So that, that it, the, the cell is, we, we have to support those five R's, right? We want to support the membrane. We want to support, I do a whole thing on why the membrane is the most crucial part of detoxification. I mean, how many people talk about that? Like, you know, hardly any, <laughs> um, you know, raising the cell energy, critical part of detox, methylation. Okay, so all of that I support with some different um, nutrients and, and products. But the, there's a product called G-Cell that I specifically designed to drive the cell to detox. Again, to use that without that cytodetox or DMSA or something, DMPS, a binder to grab as a vehicle so you don't re, uh, auto-intoxicate, that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This is a good, this is a good overview. I want to take a step back. Yeah. So when we're talking about like remove exposure, right? So with mold, for example, I feel like it's very interesting to me how many people kind of argue about this. Like, I think everyone knows you got to get out of the mold, but um, you know, I got rid of all my stuff. I got rid of all my furniture, mm -hmm. my clothes, like got every, rid of everything. And I have all these people being like, you don't have to get rid of everything. Um, I'm like, it's in my books, right? Like, and so if someone knows that they're exposed to mold, do you think they really need to get rid of everything or like, what can you keep? Well, the, the reason there's a lot of controversy around that is because the answer is it's different for everybody. It depends on your level of sensitivity. Unfortunately, some people do. Mm -hmm. Right. And you and I have both heard those stories. Right. Um, so when I was sick, I was, I became very sensitive to mold, 
right? I mean, if I walked into a moldy restaurant, oh, I'd be sick for days, right? It's like, so um, uh, now I can do that. I, I don't hang there. I, if I walk into a hotel room, it's moldy, I get another room, you know, mm-hmm. but could I tolerate it without like my bottom falling out now? Yes. So my level of sensitivity is down. I can still smell mold a mile away. I mean, if you want to know if your house has mold, you could hire me, but you, you know, it'd be a lot of money. But anyways, I come in and go, yeah, you got a problem. <laughs> I know mold. I'm like a mold dog, um, which by the way, is another option. They have mold dogs, you know, as another option, uh, very accurate to assess your home. Uh, Google mold dog. But anyway, um, and I won't come up. I, I assure you, I, I will not come up. But, um, you know, the, the, the uh, level of sensitivity determines the level of basically you have to take, you know, through that process. Mm-hmm. You know, hard surfaces can be wiped down, you know, cleaned, et cetera. Yeah. But things like, you know, clothes you can wash, right? But other things that penetrate, so let's say it's a couch you love, what are you going to do, right? You can't wash the whole couch, right? So, right, I had people that sit on their couch and realize it was making them sick because it was a, a certain enough biotoxin left that it was making them sick. You brought up books, paper, a pulls mold in. And I had people who every time they opened up a certain book or books that they brought from an expert, yeah, they got sick or they contaminate. Um, it'll carry a certain level of exposure into their new place. And it's at a certain level that some people would be fine with that mm-hmm. certain level, other people not. So do you understand? I mean, we could test my home right now. Uh, there's certain bad molds. Um, you know, there's some stachybotrys in here, I'm sure. But it's a level that I'm okay with. My immune system's okay. But at a certain level, I'm going to get sick. And unfortunately, some people after mold illness or, you know, even the process of getting well, they're so sensitized that small amounts send their body into hysteria. It's trying to save its life. So those people have to get rid of, I hate to say it, just about everything. So for people who haven't experienced this, I'm sure they think it's really interesting. So when you go somewhere, tell me how you, how you can tell if there's mold or not. What do you experience and what does it smell like? Yeah, I don't experience anything as, as much as I, I just smell it. Okay. Uh, you know, and you know, different molds have different smells. Um, there is still a mold that will give me symptoms where, you know, I'll get sick. I mean, it doesn't last. I mean, it'll last, you know, 24 hours until I get out, you know, out of the mold. But, um, and it's probably the strain that was, you know, part of my perfect storm, mm-hmm. you know, but other strains, I can smell them. You know, there's one, a mold strain that smells like garbage. You know, Stachybotrys has a kind of a garbagey smell. Other smells have that musty, musty odor. Um, some of those clostridiums, but yeah, I mean, so he's, but some smells are very hard or some molds are very hard to detect. So, you know, you have to be cautious about that too. Yeah. I get like symptomatic immediately. Yeah. I noticed I it. Used to. Yeah. I, yeah I, I used to get very symptomatic right away. Yeah. Right? And again, there's, there's a strain now that will cause me symptoms right away where I start to get brain fogged. Right. Um, you know, but most of them I don't. Yeah. And also like, I mean, I couldn't smell it until I moved out, like, cause I'd be like, I can't smell it in my place. And it wasn't until I moved into an apartment and then, and then I went back into that apartment to keep getting rid of stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I smell this now that I'm like kind of desensitized. You can't smell your own mold. Yeah. You you can't smell your own breath. Can't smell your own body odor. Well, sometimes you can, Um, (laughs) but no, but your body adapts, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Uh, You know, so it, it adapts to a smell that's always there right? Yeah. Your body odor, that changes. So it's not always adaptive, but your breath, it's always there, right? Your 
um, you know, your own body odor, like your, your normal smell, you don't smell that, you know, it's like, but other people can, right. You don't smell your own house. You walk in to someone else's house. You don't know. They have a smell right? right away. Right. It's like now for better or for worse, it's just the smell, but you don't smell your own mold. When you're in your own mold exposure, you do not smell it. Beware bring friends in and ask them to spell your home. Yeah. That's what I did. I had my friend who was my, my mold dog. She would sniff out places for me. Today's show is sponsored by an incredible company, better help. You might have heard of them. I have been using their services for a few months now and I absolutely love it. Better help makes getting professional counseling accessible to so many people. You get your own licensed professional therapist online. You can start communicating with him or her in as little as 24 hours. This isn't a crisis line or just self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online from the comfort of your home. And it just makes finding a counselor so much easier. It is far more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if you are struggling with any aspect of your mental health. Maybe you're struggling with some anxiety, too much stress, feeling a little depressed, overwhelmed, confused. There are so many emotions running high right now. You're just trying to figure out what's interfering with your happiness or what's preventing you from achieving your goals. Therapy can be so helpful. And I started seeing my first therapist when I was in college, when I was 18, and I've never gone back. Having Professional counseling has gotten me through so many difficult times, and I just love how BetterHelp makes it so accessible for people to get help, and they assess your needs and match you with the perfect therapist, so you don't have to spend all the time and money trying to find the right person. I know how exhausting that can be, and when you feel like you need help in this area, it is already overwhelming enough, and then finding somebody can feel overwhelming too, and that is why I love BetterHelp, and I can just talk to my therapist whenever I need from my couch and send her a message in between sessions whenever I need to talk to her. So if you are struggling in any way and want extra support, head on over to trybetterhelp.com slash wellness realness. That's trybetterhelp.com slash wellness realness and receive 10% off your first month. So that's a special discount for my wellness realness listeners at trybetterhelp.com slash wellness realness. You'll get that 10% off and I'm excited for you to try it out. I want to talk about nutrition because it's my favorite topic. So, and I think what most people are interested in right now, because it's like, okay, find, you know, one of your practitioners probably to help you with the right protocol, um, your products. And then with nutrition, what approach do you take there? Well, nutrition is a broad word. That's diet or supplements. So let's go with diet. Okay. Diet. You know, my approach is really different, actually. Um, I know everyone has their camp that they like to, you know, camp in. Paleo, keto, vegan, vegetarian, uh, carnivore. It's fun. Um, but I, I think, I believe that, and I think I'm right, but <laughs> um, that there's benefit to all those diets. The magic is in the variation, the change. See, when you change diets, and I believe genetically we're designed to do this, we actually force adaptation. It's called hormesis. Hormetic principle means the body adapts. And through this adaptation, the body gets better, stronger. Let me give an example. If you work out, okay, you start working out, you get, when you first start, you get all these great results, right? And then it starts to plateau. 
and then it can even start to diminish. Well, unless you have a really good trainer who changes your workout and then you're, you go up again, you get results, changes your workout, you get results again. The magic is in forcing the body to adapt via change. Same applies to the diet. So when you change the diet, it forces your microbiome to change. As a matter of fact, it's part of the change. Your microbiome changes, saying, okay, we have new foods, right? It's like we have to change to this. Also, it changes even seasonally because, you know, some believe that the, where the sun is located, we know that it changes bacteria and pathogens on the outside in the environment. But some believe it happens in the inside as well. So that our microbiome starts to change and that our diet should change with it. But I have developed something called diet variation strategies. And I have weekly strategies where we do, let's say you're on a low carb diet, you do one or two days where you actually do high carb. And that forced change creates a hormone optimization to adapt, just like exercise. What, you know, that's what happens when you change your exercise, the body has to adapt and it hormonally optimizes, testosterone goes up, all these good things happen. You know? So same thing when we force these feast famine cycles weekly. And then I have a day where I just eat one meal. That's a fast day. That's a famine day. You know, so feast famine, feast famine. We apply that monthly as well. Your ladies uh, listening, this is a great tip. You can do this. If you need to figure out how to lose that last 10 pounds or you stop losing weight or you just want to feel better, tip. Okay. So if you're still cycling and you can do this, even if you're in post-menopause, but you take the five days before your cycle and you do high healthy carbs. Why? Because so many hormones are changing and so many hormones need high insulin to actually make conversions. So therefore, higher carbs will give it that insulin fuel and you make better hormone conversions, which helps you through your cycle and even through the rest of the month. Now, here's the magic. So you did five high carb days. Now you pick another random time and you do five low carb or better yet, fasting days whether it's five days where you just water fast, five days of a partial fast where you take your calories below 1,000 and protein below 20. That's a partial fast. So feast famine monthly, feast famine weekly, in rotation even seasonally. It's hormonal magic because of the principle, the hormetic principle. Force the body to change, force the body to adapt, and it does it the same way it does through exercise. It optimizes your hormones. That's the key. To metabolic health and feeling good. Yeah. And I love your approach with this. The first time I ever came across your work, I heard you talking about that at Paleo FX a couple of years ago. And I remember looking at my friend, I was like, holy shit, why is no one else saying this? This is so smart. <laughs> right. So when you say high carb, what does that, what does that mean? Well, look, I mean, it can mean anything to different people, right? Especially people who are low carb, hundred grams of carbs can be high carb to them. But you know, I mean, I definitely want to see it at least hundred to 200 carbs a day. Um, healthy carbs. So sweet potatoes, more fruit that day. Uh, you know, you could ancient grains that day if you desire, right? So, you know, something to push the glucose up, something to remind the body it's not starving, something that causes the body to adapt, you know, it's, is really the magic. I, I interviewed Kristen Verde and, you know, she was the one that compared different diets and, you know, feast famine, if you will. They put people on 500 calories a day, standard American diet, 500 calories a day, standard American diet. Worked better than Low fat work better than high fat, work better than you know most of the diets that they compared, right? Why? It forced adaptation and forced hormone optimization. Yeah. I, I think the, the problem is some people could get overwhelmed with like all different ways to vary your diet. And 
Um, you know, you, you talk about weekly variation and also monthly. Do you recommend people do both together or yeah, like just I pick do. one? Okay. No, you can, you can pick one or do both, right? There's mm-hmm. no right or wrong, right? You can, and just to, not to get confused, I, I, in my book, I talked about 511. That means mm-hmm. you can do five days of low carb, one day of a feast, one day of a famine, which could be one meal a day, whatever you want to define, right? Um, you could do five two one, where you do two fast days and one feast, right? Or four two one. I'm sorry. You know, so in my book, I kind of give those different plans. I do. I don't ever plan for them. You know, it's it's uh, look. It's I haven't eaten yet. It's almost four o'clock my time. I have yet to eat a meal, and today I'll probably just eat you know one meal. Now, what I typically do is I eat in a three hour window, kind of like you know I, I visited a tribe in Africa. That's kind of what they did. You know, it's a very European style of eating too, is you kind of eat in a three, four hour window. And, you know, in Italy, they just, they, they down uh, expressos all day, you know, but, the, and then they eat one meal at night and it's a big social event for three hours. You know, in a tribe in Africa, I saw the same thing. You know, they were out hunting all day. They didn't eat, they, they came back and, you know, everyone gets together and eats for three hours. So you can do it how you want to do it. Right. But, uh, you know, kind of, make your eating plan around your, your kids, your social, your, you know, family life and revolve it around that. Do you find any differences with women with eating window? Like I know a lot of people now are talking about how women might do better hormonally if their feeding window is earlier. Uh, I do find it is a little different for everybody. Right. Um, and, and it is men, women, whatever, you know, I think women, you know, there's been some, you know, can women do keto long-term? Uh, yeah, they typically, I'm not like, you don't stay in one diet as you already figured out, you know, women will typically fail on a diet sooner, especially low fat carb diets. They need more variation, I would say than men. So even intermittent fasting or fasting that we find that more variation women definitely, if more carb days weekly or monthly, um, they do better. Uh, they lose more fat in keto or low carb once they add more variation, more high carb days. So, you know, it, for sure, their eating time. Um, I think that once you add in some of these feast days, then your eating time becomes less important. I think your body can adapt uh, to that. You know, I know there's that when you skip breakfast, or I, I just recently did a video on it, or dinner, because I, I was so sick of getting that question all the time. And I, I think, number one, it, it, it is different for everybody, right? Um, but here's one of the things you have to understand. When you wake up in the morning, there's something that occurs called the dawn effect. And what that means is your body dumps glucose. And then you wake up, healthy people typically aren't hungry in the morning, right? They just kind of burn that glucose that your body dumped. And the, the reason your body dumps that glucose is it's magic. Your cortisol wakes you up in the morning, a healthy person. Right? Cortisol rises, glucose follows cortisol. So you get this high glucose in the morning. And that gives you the energy to go through your morning. You know, so I, you know, I know that some people talk about 12, every 12 hours, our bodies rhythmically eat. You know, I don't know. I clinically, I just don't see it. You know, I, I think that most people really aren't hungry in the morning. Now, to your point, eating earlier in the day, I think what works for you, honestly. I mean, I, I love when I, if I eat one meal, I love to eat it around three or four in the afternoon and then just not eat again. You know, I, if I eat one meal, if I eat at you know, seven or eight at night, you know, it, it just doesn't settle with me. I, I get deeper sleep if I eat earlier, so. 
Mm-hmm. So when you're and when you're doing one meal, is that your like famine day too, where you're reducing yeah. calories? Or are you still trying? Okay, that's my famine day. Yeah. Okay. So that's my well, my feast day. I love Saturdays as my feast day. You know, and, and so yeah, sometimes I can do two or three feast days if I desire. But um, you know, I I like uh, Saturdays always as my feast day. My famine days they come randomly. My busy days, I'm busy. <laughs> You know, and I just go and I've got myself efficiently as a fat burner that, you know, I, I might think about food one time and I don't have time for it. I move on and I'm mm-hmm. fine. But you get to that point. And again, my, my book talks about how to get to that point. You know, that's kind of sets up a strategy of a seven week program. Yeah. Do you think there's anyone who should not, should not do the diet variation? Oh, look, I think it works for everyone. The question is, is what is your variation? Meaning. Mm-hmm. What works for Mary is not going to work for Joe or Joe, Mary or Mary Jane, you know, I mean, so figure out your variation. So, for example, high, some people go, hey, I'm, I'm so metabolically messed up hormonally, high carb days, screw me up. Great. Do high protein. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many ways around it um, because high protein stimulates a pathway called mTOR. When your feast or famine cycles, right, whether it's fasting or just one meal, you're stimulating something called autophagy. That's where the body gets rid of bad cells. mTOR stimulates an anabolic pathway. They're opposite pathways. So when you feast famine, you're stimulating um, mTOR and autophagy, mTOR and autophagy. And you have fun. It's funny because you have groups that like autophagy is the key to living longer. Well, I agree. mTOR is evil. Well, I agree. If you stay in mTOR too long, you know, that is an anabolic pathway and you age prematurely. But short bursts of mTOR is extremely healing, right? And I believe we need them, right? I mean, I watched the tribe, man. When they had high protein, they ate it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they went all in, but they didn't often have it, right? So today, the problem is we can have high protein or high carbs all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Which would stimulate mTOR, and that would age you prematurely if you're staying in that. But we need times of autophagy. That's famine. We need times of feast. That's mTOR. Both pathways are important. So if people are cycling protein, like high and lo- higher and lower protein and higher and lower carbs, would that would they want to do that on different days? Like have ha- low protein on high carb days, or does it matter? Yeah. Um, so I would do a high protein day, and mm-hmm. you randomly another day a week you could do a high carb day. Right? Okay. They're they're both stimulating mTOR. They're both doing the opposite of a famine day, where you're just eating one meal or no meals. Right. That's an autophagy where your body's getting rid of bad cells. Okay. And then on the mTOR day, high protein, high carb, your body's, your body's building new cells. Mm-hmm. That's why the, think about it just from that alone, building, ripping down the old and the senescent cells. Those are cells that live too long. And that's what happens in fasting, right? Or famine. Um, and then the opposite is we want to build new cells, stimulate your stem cells. If you are an mTOR, you want both. So again, there's camps on both sides. The vegans and vegetarians that are like that way long-term, you can tell they have a catabolic look, too much autophagy, right? I mean, honestly, but those people would tell you, but when I went on this diet, it helped me so much. I believe you. And then let's flip the coin. The, the person in ketosis all the time, paleo, when I started this diet, it helped me so much, but that, you know, that they could stimulate mTOR and they could age prematurely. So both has their benefits and drawbacks. What do you think about the carnivore diet? Again, my short term, I think it's magic. You know, and I, I think, you know, people say, but it did this for me. I believe that that's true. And, but stay in a carnivore diet and you end up in trouble. 
mm-hmm. look, the American Indians were in carnivore diets in the winter, right? I mean, you know, the Hunza people were in carnivore diets. You know, so absolutely time and a place, but it's not meant to, to be in a carnivore diet forever. Who did that? The moment people had carbohydrates of any source, they were going for them, right? The moment they found berries, they were eating them. They weren't staying in a carnivore diet. We're not designed to do that. But yet, something that works, people tend to want to do and hold on to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I want to look at this from the lens of people who have HPA axis dysfunction. And, you know, I like, so in your book, like moving towards fasting, it's like moving into a ketogenic approach and like becoming fat adapted and then the fasting and then cycling, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people who are struggling with their adrenals who like feel, who will tell me they're like, I feel like I literally just can't get into ketosis and I need the carbohydrates. Um, like what's your opinion with that, with people who are struggling with their adrenals and like feel like yeah. they need carbs? It's a great question. And the greatest part about the question is we already answered it. I mean, like meaning that it's diet variation. That's yeah. what works for these thyroid and adrenal people because you know, you need more variation. Mm-hmm. And, and it works. It works. Uh, you know, it's a, to do just low carb. If you have, you know, thyroid issues, adrenal issues, you're going to tank. You're going to stop losing weight. It's not going to work, and you're not even going to get in ketosis. Mm-hmm. You know, there was magic even for my wife just on the seasonal change. She went into ketosis. She couldn't get above 0.5 for any length of time. And my wife, wife is hormonally, she's in perimenopause, which that's where she was in her change, right? So that's when you're, you start to notice some of that strain on that axis, right? And so here she was, and she wasn't getting it. This was, she's strict on it too, right? Three months, I said, go back to the way you were eating before, healthy, higher carbs. And she went back and was like, you know, look, my numbers are actually, I think, even a little better, right? Because I said, stay there for two months, and then let's go back into ketosis. And sure enough, she went back and she got higher numbers. And we, I said, okay, just do that for two months. And then let's put you back to the other diet. She did that. And then the third time she went to ketosis, boom, now she was burnt. The variation was the trick. And back then, when I did that with her, I didn't even know the answer of why it was working. But it hormonally optimized her, especially at a time of perimenopause. You know, and it works the same with thyroid. It works the same with adrenal issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely experience the same thing. My body adapts to a diet so quickly, like, and people really, I mean, I'll go carnivore and then I go, I go on the potato diet, like literally (laughs) switch it up. But that's the only way. Otherwise my body just, I feel like I'm falling apart if I'm not changing it super extremely. Um, well, I want to talk more about fasting specifically and like uh, explain why the, what's the magic of the five day fast? Cause a lot of people are doing three days um, or even just 24 hours, but like, what's that magic in five? Yeah. I mean, I can do a three-day diet because day one, I'm in that autophagy space right away. Right. I mean, I'm burning up real. So I can get a benefit out of a three-day fast, but five-day fasts are basically better for the average person because about day four, they start actually finally getting into max autophagy and day five, they have max stem cells occurring. So if you're going to fast and you just do three days, you're missing the greatest benefits, day four and five. Now, again, someone who's used to fasting a lot, you can shorten the fast and actually you know, have some great effects. But that's not the average person because most people aren't fasting all the time. 
So, and then if I do a three-day fast, so to speak, then I'll even do a day of dry fasting where um, you get about three to one autophagy, meaning you get three times the amount of autophagy than you would just water fasting. That means you'd go without water. <laughs> so I'm going without food or water for at least a day. So why would you get more autophagy, meaning the body's getting rid of bad cells? Because it needs water. So it crushes fat cells just to get water. And then you get a lot of autophagy there. So um, I, if I do a three-day fast, I always throw one, even some of those two days of dry in. Um, but you know, I still love the five-day fast because there's still magic around just going five days without challenging your gut. Five days of what I call energy diversion, where it diverts the energy from all of the food digestion to where it diverts it into healing. It's magic. It really is. So that's the, uh, I think that's part of the, uh, the magic is just being off food and diverting that energy to healing. So do you feel like people who are just doing three, three days just aren't ever getting the full benefits if they've never done it? They're not getting the full benefits if they could, if they just went two more days. You know, back before there was science around it, I mean, I was into fasting in the 90s. Um, and we just, I just kind of knew that five days was an impact. Why? Because people, it would take people three days to feel good. Listen, my, my, my children just finished a fast yesterday, right? And they don't fast as often as I did. And they were like down in energy, you know, and I was like, oh, day four, day four, morning of day four, you know, they were like, well, I still don't have energy. I said, just give it time halfway through the day, boom, and all that it just cleared. I said, now you're getting the benefits, you know, now day five, all the mass benefits, right? Because my one son was like, I'm just going to stop it soon. I'm like, you haven't got the benefits yet. You just did all that work. Why throw it out the window when the big benefits are coming? And sure enough, he stuck it out and it was easy the last two days. So clinically, we just kind of knew if we got people over that three day, fat adaption occurs, they're using the brains, using ketones. Now all the benefits happen. Okay. So what about like coffee and tea on a five day fast? Is that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, I don't like to push the body, right? Your body, innate intelligence doesn't want to be pushed. It wants to just be, do its healing and so if you're drinking coffee and caffeine, you're pushing the body. You're, you're driving it in a direction that you think you want to drive it. If it wants to be tired, let it be tired. Just chill, right? Listen to the innate intelligence. That's that inborn intelligence. Listen to it. Don't drive it. Don't whip it. So that's what I love about pure water fasting. Partial fasting, I still don't like caffeine. I still don't want to push it. Right? You could do a non-caffeinated tea on a partial fast. I'm all for it. You know, even water fasting, you could do a non-caffeinated herbal tea, but herbs have push. Herbs work by pushing the body. I don't like it. I just like to let the body do what it does. But if you're doing a partial fast, then you could entertain the herbal teas and the decaf coffee. Okay. Do you feel like a protein sparing modified fast is like a good substitute if people aren't ready to do a full five-day water yeah, fast? if you're not ready, I mean, I think that, um, you know, partial fast is the way to go um, if you're not used to it. Uh, it's just, it's mentally easier. You know, mm -hmm. you're getting, I, again, I base it on body size. So if you're a bigger person, you know, stay around a thousand. If you're medium person, five to 800, smaller person, you know, stick around that 500 mark. Right. But, um, that's calories a day. And then, but you have to get your protein under 20 grams because that'll shut off the autophagy if you increase protein. So I think that's a really good place to start. Psychologically, you're eating. Um, so, and I, I have a chapter on that in my book. So how often do you suggest people do an extended fast? Yeah. I mean, look, I, even one a year 
um, mm. you know, will massively make a difference for you. I do about four a year probably, uh, but I mix it up. I'll do two water and two partial. So uh, some people with autoimmune, we fast even monthly and mm. you know, water partial. Some people every other month. Frequent fasting, we've learned, is really the key to shut off bad immunity and um, really get some of the autophagy benefits that we need to really help someone at the cellular level. Do you feel like there's a point at which it's too much? Yeah, that's why like someone who's like more frail, um, they'll benefit from fasting. And as a matter of fact, a lot of them actually even gain muscle uh, a month after a fast um, for many reasons. But um, you can't fast them all the time. They just don't have enough body stores. But okay. bigger people, you know, people that carry more fat can definitely fast more often. So who, what population do you think should really focus on the fasting? Be like, you need to do this right now. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I, I think that um, autoimmune, it's magic, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Hormone dysregulation, magic. Um, I, I think that when we're looking at, um, uh, you know, people that just don't feel well, unexplainably, let the body's innate intelligence do its magic, learn the art of fasting. You know, I, I think for those conditions, that's unbeatable. Gut. I, I, look, you don't fix a gut by throwing bacteria in it. And, I, and I'm not against that, I, you know, but I have a method to do that. But I, it's not how we fix guts. We fix guts by these ancient healing strategies, you know, mm-hmm. where it's the diet variation, right? I mean, I, I do a whole thing on how that fixes the gut, the fasting strategies. You know, that's truly how you fix a gut. Okay. And yeah, and so because we've been talking about the mold and the um, like heavy metals, if someone also is, you know, like have problems with their hormones, their adrenals, their gut, should they be working on those at the same time or start with the metals, the mold, do that? Because I, I know a lot of people are like on a, their SIBO protocols, their candida protocols, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think people get confused about what order to go in and if you can do it all together. Well, look, I, you know, the reason they get confused is because someone says, well, look, this is what I didn't work for me. Uh, it's different for everybody, right? It's meaning that, you know, some people can benefit from a little gut work uh, ahead of it, right? They, they'll never fix their gut completely until they go upstream and deal with those causative factors. Some people, they can't get anywhere until they deal with the causative factors, right? And then, you know, their gut work works. So, you know, I would say step into the arena of doing some of that work and, you know, see where it gets you. If it's not getting you anywhere, uh, you know, look, I always say this to my docs I train. If, if someone's not getting well, there's something still upstream. You just haven't found it yet. I can't fix the gut. The candida won't go away. They still, there's something still upstream. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Great way to end it. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And just to wrap up, can you let everyone know where they can find more from you and also find a doctor who is trained by you? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, if you go to my book is beyondfastingbook.com, you can get that. There's a pre-release on that right now. But um, Pompa Consulting, um, you can get some help there as well. There you go. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Pompa. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Huge thank you to Dr. Pompa for coming on the podcast and sharing so much incredible knowledge. You can find more from him at drpompa.com. That's D-R-P-O-M-P-A.com. Also on Instagram at drpompa and check out Cellular Healing TV. That's at www.cellularhealing.tv. And don't forget, I am hosting a webinar with Warren Phillips, the co-creator of 
True Cellular Detox with Dr. Pompa. We are talking all about true detoxification and how to actually get your cell well. This is life-changing information and you can watch that webinar by going to bit.ly slash detox web class and that will be available until May 15th, 2020. If you want exclusive behind the scenes content related to the podcast and my life, then don't miss out on my private Instagram page. It is wellness realness crew on Instagram. All you have to do to get access to that is DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to that account, wellness realness crew. And when I get that request to follow, as well as the DM of your screenshot of your iTunes rating and review, then I will accept your follow request and you'll get access to all of the juicy content. That's going to be it for today's show. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.